Hey gang, this is Andy Zook, and you're listening to Bad at Parties, one-on-one conversations with artists at the corner of the party. Seattle singer-songwriter Debbie Miller is on the show this week. Big personality, big songwriter. You can find her music on thedebbymiller.com. Check it out on Spotify or iTunes or Amazon. It's beautiful, emotional, with dark humor throughout. You're going to like it. Debbie and I talk through some self-art analysis on this one, but I have to admit, I forget the name of a shop that we are conversing about partway through the episode. When we get to talking about an ice cream shop, just know that the name of it is called Kurt's Farm Shop on Capitol Hill. I'll let the actual conversation take it from there, but please subscribe and review uh, the podcast on iTunes. It's a huge help. Both Debbie and I are playing shows on Wednesday, November 9th in Seattle, so pick your favorite and act accordingly. With that, here is episode 22 of Bad at Parties, Debbie. Because I have to go around and I have to shut off all of the things like clocks. I'll also put my phone on airplane mode. Oh, that's so sweet. Nice. You know, because I'm really popular. You never know. Sometimes there's emergencies and you want to be responsive to them. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, hello. Hi. Have we looked, have we read the mug yet? No. Oh, I didn't. You left me a mug. Coffee makes me poop. This is great. This is true. <laughs> and then you got the Bastyr University for yourself, which is your alma mater. Yeah. Yeah. I just like the shape of this mug, really. It's a really good shape. But yeah. they're the same color. I like this brown coffee makes me poop mug. Yeah. That was a uh, birthday gift. By Funny Guy Mugs. I never noticed that part before. Thank you for pointing that you're out. You're welcome. It's, it's branded. We learn uh, something new every day. You can day. buy it if you want to. Also, your tea that you're drinking was yeah. formulated by Bastyr University. Oh, because it's a naturopath place. Mm-hmm. Is that exclusively what they do? No. I'm, no. It used to be, um, but they have other degree programs yes. like acupuncture, oriental mm-hmm. medicine, mm-hmm. nutrition, masters, um, counseling. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of stuff. You did naturopath, though. Mm-hmm. Nice. Do you still do that? Is that I'm like... done. I mean, like, I'm graduating. No, no. I mean, is that what you do for, like, for income career? and enjoy? Well, <laughs> not, I mean, kind of. It's been a, it's been a year. So, um, long story short, as mm-hmm. possible. Yeah. <laughs> I graduated in 2015. Right. Um, took my boards. Thankfully passed them, and then I moved out of my last place, like, pretty much a year ago, like mm-hmm. the end of September 2015, um, because my boyfriend and I had been together for three years in long distance, mm-hmm. and he lived in Vancouver. Right. So then I went up to Vancouver to, like, move in with him. That obviously didn't go so right. well, as I am back yes, here. Yes, you're living in your new beautiful apartment. Right. Um, in Seattle. And so during that time, I, like, went on tour twice, was working a really random, like, virtual job because I didn't have a work visa to be in, to be in Canada. Sure, totally. And I couldn't practice up there. Mm-hmm. And ironically, I did pass that exam in August to practice up there. But so you could have. I could have. I could now. You could now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and then when I moved back here, I just needed, like, a job really fast. Totally. And I started working. I work at Pharmaca. Do you know Pharmaca? Uh-uh, no. It's an integrative pharmacy. There's a few locations like Wallingford, Queen Anne is where I work. Um, so basically they sell like all vitamins, supplements, regular mm. kind of over-the-counter stuff. And then all the locations except for ours has like an actual pharmacy in it. Cool. Um, 
And they hire, like, practitioners to, like, be able to counsel people on, like, what to buy. So I kind of am using my degree. Right. So you're not just saying, great, I'm filling prescriptions. You're actually having conversations. Yeah, but, like, it's just, it's not. It's not not bringing you joy. No. Okay. It's not. (laughs) Just in case anyone. But it's fine. And I'm learning actually a lot about supplements, which is good. We don't get such a good education about that. Oh, that's really good. My, um, my therapist on Saturday told me. Like, he was like, hey, what vitamins are you taking? And I said, zero. And he said, okay, uh, based on our conversations, I think this would be a great season of life for you to start that. And I was like, oh, okay. So yeah. I have a, a little, small, short list of vitamins. It starts with vitamin D. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, vitamin D, fish oil, and probiotics are like some good basics. Mm-hmm. I found those in my cabinet, and yeah. they all expired in 2015, so I'm going to go get some new ones. If you need any recommendations, I am so happy to help you. Oh my gosh, that's great. Yeah. We're going to do that. In fact, (laughs) we're going to do it right now. I get a 25% off discount. So you're going to hook me up with drugs. Yeah, dude. Can I want you to buy them for me and then like slip them to me in an alley. Can we please? (laughs) Yeah, totally. Like in a brown paper bag. Like, yeah. Yeah. You got that D? Yeah. (laughs) We won't say it. We won't say that. We'll say something else. Something cooler. I'll think of something really cool that doesn't make me sound like I'm having a sexual encounter with another man. And then... (laughs) And that's how I'm going to get, uh, that's how I'm going to get that fish oil and, and vitamin yeah, D. Yeah. Yeah. What was and the other one? You said fish oil, vitamin D, and? Probiotic. Probiotics. Because gut health is very connected to mm. mental health. Right. So. True that. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely a person who, when I have anxieties, like, I, I can totally feel it in like, oh, I feel nauseous. I feel like all those things. So yeah. I think it's super. Well. Well. Oh my God. I have so many things I want to talk to you good. about. Good. You can. That's literally all that this is. It's okay. Talking. <laughs> And it's us. Are you already recording? Yes, we're oh, recording. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so, so I was doing that, and then I also was working two days a week at a naturopathic clinic, but doing like medical assistant stuff. Mm-hmm. That was my other job, and it's just like doing blood draws and injecting people with B vitamins. Cool. But that was temporary, so that's finished. Mm-hmm. But what I was, and then like also during that time, I got my official certification in something called biofeedback, which really helps with stress management. Yeah, totally. I know about biofeedback. Love that's it. awesome. That's so uh, that's where I am right now and how we're sitting here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, similarly to that story, I don't know if, did I tell you my story about music therapy? Because that's what I did. Maybe. Yeah. So I did my undergraduate music therapy okay. over at SPU and then graduated 2011 with that. Uh, first male graduate in Washington State. With a music therapy degree. What? Yeah, true fact. Um, I mean, there were other male music therapists, but right. I was the first one to graduate from a university Whoa. in Washington State. So, yeah. So, I got some, I got some cred. You're um, a modern man. I know. What can you say? Uh, I did that for a bit. Worked in New York, your home state. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, up in, like, Harris, like, near New Paltz, like, west okay. of New Paltz. Yeah. And so, I did that for, like, a year, came back, and then... Uh, when my wife, Heather, was dealing with that health stuff that I was talking about before the podcast, mm-hmm. that was when um, it was just kind of like, oh, I can't simultaneously take care of someone who is I'm with in my life and like do all of these mental health things to support other people mm-hmm. and just didn't feel like a realistic thing. So I stopped that, started doing other jobs and just through like a couple other things came to a place where I was like, yeah, I don't think that that's a career I'm going to like re-pursue. And it's so weird to be like, Young. I'm going to say young and be done with a career. And yeah. be like, I did that for a few years. I, I was certified. Yeah. I started some programs yeah. that are still running and I'm no longer 
I'm just like, okay, on to the next thing. Yeah. It's weird. So what's the next thing? I'm working in tech right now. I don't know if that's the next thing. Okay, but that's the now thing. But that's the now thing. Yeah. Maybe it's podcasting. That seems like a lucrative business. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mental health, naturopathy, podcasting, all of these money-making industries. Yeah. Yeah. This is where it's at. Mm -hmm. This is the gold of this city. That's what, you know, clever, smart people would do. Mm -hmm. I think so. My T says, if you let yourself be successful, you shall be successful. Thanks. I like that. I was literally, before I came over here, singing a little cover of a song by... Oh, I'm totally blanking on it. Um, Oh, what is it? I hate that when I do this. Especially when I do it on the podcast. But the song is called uh, Concrete Bed. It's Oh, it's not a surf. That's what it is. Oh, nice. Do you, do you listen to them ever? They got this song called uh, Concrete Bed, and they've got the, the chorus of it is to find someone you love. You've got to be someone you love. Mm-hmm. I just... Man, I just love that. So good. It's such a good song. And then similarly, similar to the tea. Yeah. Not a surf is basically the tea that you're drinking. They should just write these little yogi tea blurbs. I love it. There'd probably be a lot of money in that. Yeah. That's where that's where the money is. That's where the money is. We'll go into this together. Um, but you did that. How were you doing music throughout that? Is that something Mm -hmm. that you've been doing long before? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of long before. Well, I um, I started playing in 2008, which is two years before I moved out here, mm-hmm. I guess. Nice. And released my first album in 2010, and then I moved here and started school. Right. But, like, still played music all throughout. Because first you, re- did you release that when you were living in New York still, mm-hmm. the first one? Yeah, nice. and then my other two ones I released here. Nice. Where in New York were you again? Were you on Long Island? Is that right? Grew up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was living in Queens. Nice. In a neighborhood called Forest Hills, which an ex-boyfriend of mine used to call where cool goes to die. Oh, bummer. Not Forest Hills? Yeah. Forest, because it's forest on the East Coast. <laughs> Got it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. There's um, a town called Cedarhurst? Cedar? Cedar. Okay, like Cedar Cedarhurst. Tree? Yeah. Cedarhurst. Cedarhurst. Um, but it wasn't until my 20s, because everyone always said Cedarhurst. Cedarhurst, <laughs> and it wasn't until my 20s I actually for the first time saw how it was spelled and it blew my mind thank you I I lit when I was living on the east coast I was like this can't like people can't be talking in the manner of speech that people are talking and think yes this is a phonetic way of engaging <laughs> with the world it blew my mind yeah. people would just say things and I would just be like what on earth are you saying it would be so there would be so much there, it's such a culture shock. Yeah. Like, East Coast to West Coast. I don't know if you felt this like when you moved over here. Yeah. But it's crazy. Yeah. It's a lot. I mean, and Jewish. We talked about this last time mm-hmm. we hung out. Where are the Jews in Seattle? Where are all the Jews? <laughs> Do you know? As a Jewish I, person. Okay, I know where some of the Jews are. <laughs> okay. Because, like, I lived on the East Coast, and I was like, oh, there's Jewish people here. Yeah. I found them. Yeah. Because on the West Coast. I never find them. They're nowhere. Yeah. They're in they're in California, some of them. Yeah. But in Washington? Yeah. I don't understand. Um, Wedgwood area. Okay. Also Mercer Island. Yeah, Mercer Island. I did know that. I I know the Jews that I know. <laughs> a book I'm writing. <laughs> the Jews that I know. And there's like three chapters, one's yeah, about each it's person. Just a, it's just a, so there's this guy. And then this one, but she's his wife. Yeah. And she converted. So, and then there's this one, and that's that's the three chapters. Yeah, they're all in Mercer Island. Yeah. Yeah. 
Is it weird, though? Is it weird coming over to the West Coast? Like, what was the big, like, thing for you? I know that, like, taking your music over is, like, a, a big part of that. And yeah. I think that, like, having that and being able to engage into communities with the commonality of music can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think that there's a culture shock involved. Definitely. Yeah. Um, in some really positive ways and some, like, more negative, I guess. Mm-hmm. The first one was, like, well, when I when I moved here, like, rents were still pretty reasonable mm-hmm. and that wasn't really that long ago nope and so I just couldn't believe that I could live in an apartment that had a bedroom because I'd been living in a studio totally for like four or five years and so I just couldn't believe that there were these big spacious apartments that just like came with parking spots and balconies and yeah. like like what is this crazy I mean city? even still even still as expensive as it is like There's... this place you're living right now where we're having this conversation yeah. it's beautiful it's yeah. spacious and yeah. like you would have to be working at like a law firm in New York City to be in like oh like Queens yeah. or Manhattan or something Stop. like that. No, yeah. no, it's no ridiculous. Way. Um, and just the quality of life here is higher. It's so much higher. Yeah, yeah. and it's more beautiful. Like there's nature. Mm-hmm. There is evergreen trees. When I was living on the East Coast, we I was like out. I was up in like the Catskills, and mm-hmm. so I was, and it was the middle of winter when I moved out there. Um, or I guess it was right at the start of winter, and then I was there for all of winter, and, like, just, I was just like, everything's dead. There's no living trees. I was w- making my way, watching through The Walking Dead, just, like, getting caught up on all that, and I was like, this is a mistake. <laughs> this is the wrong show to watch when you're just new to this environment. Yeah. It's different, though. Yeah, very yeah. different. Did, like, the music, like, help you kind of feel like you had a space or, like, people to connect with, or, or, yeah, I or think... was it mostly the university? Um, both for yeah. sure. And I'm glad I had both. I mean, I started going to Connor Burn open mic, like my first week that I mm-hmm. moved here for sure. And that I met so many people that way and that helped me like sort of integrate myself mm-hmm. into the music scene, I guess. And then I had my school community, but, um, I think the driving was like a big shock here because people drive so slow and I had a lot, like I've really calmed down a bit, but my road rage was like kind of out of control. <laughs> But it's regular. When you're on the East Coast, I remember when I moved back, my wife was just like, my then fiance or then girlfriend was like, okay, you need to not honk at people. People don't honk here. And I was like, people honk in the world. No, not here. People don't honk here. Yeah. Yeah. Now they do. They're mm-hmm. learning. They're learning to use their horns. Yeah. Very I aggressive. use mine. Yeah. There you go. Way to go. I love it. It feels so good. Oh, it feels so good. Yeah. I used mine just this week. <laughs> It was wonderful. And it was deserved. Yeah. And I didn't feel bad. Oh, it's so satisfying. I wish that there were, there were, I don't know why we don't have different kinds of horns I yet. know, like, you're an asshole. Yeah. Or, my bad. I want a my bad horn. I yeah. want to say, like, look, I fucked up. Let me be humble. Let me take this. Yeah. You're, fu- you're saying, fuck you, horn. I'm saying, my bad horn. Yeah. And then you can hit the, it's all good, horn. Yeah. I'm just glad that you know it now. Yeah. That would be such a good, like, that's an idea that I think could really mm-hmm. make you some money. I, we're coming up with lots of business strategies. Yeah. And we're, we're just putting them out We're the basically Kramer. This is true. I had to think about that. I was like, Kramer, Seinfeld, got yeah, it. You got He's it. got all the ideas. <laughs> um, my, my wife hadn't seen that show. Heather had not seen Seinfeld, like, really at all. Wow. So we just started re-watching it again. And I was like... Oh, I haven't seen this a lot since I became an adult human. Like, these yeah. were, like, Seinfeld was, like, a show I watched in my youth. Yeah. And I, I'm like, there's so many jokes I never got. Yeah. Just didn't get it at all. Yeah. Yeah. You just grew up with it. 
I saw him on a Friday night at the Paramount doing stand-up. That's awesome. He wasn't making, like, racial jokes or anything like that, and it was totally okay? Oh, no, Jerry. Oh, Jerry. Jerry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld. Dude, Jerry Seinfeld is a cool guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's 62. He looks amazing. Yeah. And he's from, like, a few towns over from me. Really? From Long Island. You're basically best friends. Basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the comedian that I told you I think you look like is Kate McCucci. And I think she's a super oh, cool comedian. You've got to look her up. You've got to look her up. Yeah. I, I looked her up, and then I was like, okay, they're similar. They're not the same. <laughs> they're similar. But I think mostly what got me was that you were, you looked similar, but then you also, like, the songs that you had been playing when I last saw you and when we played together were, yeah. like, there were lots of funnier songs. Yeah. Yeah. And which is, which was, like, the first time I heard you do that, I was surprised, because I had originally heard you via Ballard Sessions when you did those with Toss in, yeah. like, 2012, 2013. Yeah. Which were really, really cool. I was just watching all of the, the sessions that he was put, putting yeah. out. Um, and so when I, you played, I was like, oh, like, I was thinking, like, here's this really passionate, like, which still comes across. There's still those songs that have these passionate, like, um, kind of hard romance songs, but this is, like light and joyful and like kind of dark comedy which i really really love Thanks. also very jewish yeah yeah also very very jewish yeah yeah songs that i'm writing now seem to be like darker and yeah. like not funny at all no but i think that's just where i'm at sure i mean yeah. you were just saying like here's all of these things i was thinking were going to be happening in my life and now i'm in a different spot yeah yeah do you you do feel like that's coming through in your music um yeah, and I hope it continues to, because mm. I think, like, I've written a couple new songs since moving, since, like, the summer and moving back here, and um, I feel like I have a lot more, probably, that has to come out, because yeah. it helps me process, I guess. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, when I, I was just talking, I'm going to keep on saying, I was just talking about this with my therapist, Yeah. usually I am, but I was just talking <laughs> about this with my therapist, Dominic, he's over at the Mindfulness Center. Feel free to check him out. I was actually just going to say, like, I would love to be hooked up with a therapist right now. Oh my gosh. My my therapist asked me for, he was like, ooh, you did, he actually finally today was like, so you did music therapy. Do you have any good music therapy references? I would love to talk with someone about music therapy, like for a, I want to see a music therapist for myself, like my therapist asked me. And I was like, that's a great question. I have a good relationship. I feel great about my relationship with my therapist. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that, I love that you asked me that. Yeah. Um, but he, Dominic, over at the Mindfulness Center, which is right over in Greenwood. Okay. Super close location. Super affordable. Super affordable. Yeah. Cool. Yep. I mean, I have insurance. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's November, so open healthcare right now. So if you need to do open enrollment, that's yeah. available. But yeah. Um, uh, yeah, very affordable. Great guy. Lots of good seeing other people in that building, but he was talking with me about like how do you get out? Because I'm a much more of like controlled. I'm thinking about the things I'm saying. I have very kind of measured responses a lot of the time. Um, and he w- was kind of challenging me like how do you kind of let out frustrations or mm-hmm. let out anger if you have them? And so I was talking about some of the songs I've been writing. Maybe some of the songs that I even haven't been playing for anyone. They're just ways for me to get the stuff out mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, I think that it's it's such an important part of me. And like one of those, you know, as personalities change, it's been one of those personality traits that I've seen in myself stay consistent 
for like most of my life is that I can constantly process through something that either I want to see exist or that I I am trying to see exist in myself Mm -hmm. um, and say let me put it into a mantra or let me put into a song and then I can get through it Mm -hmm. yeah I think that it's just interesting the way that like that's just stayed consistent when so much has changed yeah yeah that's really cool yeah it feels really good Mm -hmm. what kind of processing does does the music that you're having so you're writing these songs you're saying I want to see these things uh continue and I want to see these things um, keep on showing up yeah is it more like I'm looking back at the past and I'm letting myself reflect on it or is it I'm looking at the future and I'm trying to get there how does it kind of fit into space and time with you I don't know Hmm. um I think there's still more it's it's partially reflective Hmm. I guess um and then also, like, when the proverbial shit was hitting the fan, mm-hmm. I did, like, a lot of free writing and just writing. And I think that's stuff that maybe I could, you know, like, as artists, I th- I guess you're always looking to use, like, whatever you can. And mm-hmm. um, so, I don't know. It's, it's weird to, like, think that, oh, like, I'm writing new music because I've, like, gone through, like, a tough time. And, like, do I need to be going through that in order to, like, make art? But I don't necessarily think that's true because I have a lot of, like, happier songs. But um, I feel like since all of this stuff is here, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to use it. Like, Yeah. Do you... Okay, I think... Better that, get something out of that relationship. Yeah. That's how I <laughs> totally. feel. <laughs> do you feel like, then, that there's any... Just because you were... Say, like, just the way you phrase that, do you feel like there's any guilt in writing those songs about those things? No. No? Hell yeah. That's what I was hoping you say. I, I think that that's something that I've, I'm like actively learning to be in a place where I'm not like feeling bad if something is maybe going to be negative for somebody else's experience. Yeah. Like I'm going to let them have that experience and say, you're allowed to feel that. I'm allowed to write this. Mm-hmm. All of these things are important part of the story. Yeah. 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 Good job. Yeah. And I think as artists like no matter what is going on in your life it's all you know something that can be used mm-hmm. so I don't know just cut that part it's not articulate that's okay we don't edit on the podcast oh, sorry it's just all no. in there it's called bad at parties you're supposed to be awkward there's dead air there's sounds of us drinking it's it's okay. all in the process it's fine yeah you can make a weird noise if you want to just have something else even stranger than what you just did <laughs> on there Okay. Yeah. I'll think about it. You can think about it. Um, I I do love that idea though, and I think that that's like something I'm, I have processed through before, and am processing through right now is the, um, how do I live with the things that might be hurtful to mm-hmm. people? Do I perform them? Um, and am I a lot like I think also right now in a place where, I'm like I have written stuff that I. That is more painful, and I'm coming into a more um, robust and beautiful point of life right now that I feel mm-hmm. really excited about. What do I do with those songs? Do I stop playing them because it doesn't reflect? Mm-hmm. And I think that it's it's fun. It's fun to just kind of like ask those questions. Yeah, it's such an interesting question because mm-hmm. like they were relevant for you at a time, mm-hmm. but you know maybe like if you play them in front of people like they who's never heard those songs before like that means something to them even though that's older for you Hmm. but then also I think for myself I know if I'm like not into a song anymore it's hard to 
Like, I feel like that gets reflected in my performance of the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's hard because then it's it's kind of a, I don't want my current self to get in the way of letting someone experience something that my past self was able to share with them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. So, so along those lines, this mm-hmm. is kind of interesting. I just played a show a few weeks ago at the Abbey. Nice. I saw and, that. Was um, that the round? No, it no. was just a show. It was just a show. Yeah. Cool. And a friend of mine came and I played two newer songs that are like pretty sad mm-hmm. and reflective of my <laughs> recent breakup. Mm-hmm. I think you played one of them when we played the show at the In a Pinch. Yeah, I did. It was like, I just wrote this. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really good. Thank you. So cool. You played them. I played those songs, mm-hmm. but then I also played some songs that I had written that were like love songs that I'd written like during my relationship mm-hmm. that are funnier and she experienced them differently because she's a close friend of mine and she knows who they're about sure and she felt like they sounded different and I don't know maybe that's just her like I don't know that someone who'd never seen me before or doesn't know me would experience them that way but she was like listening to me sing a song about my past self and it was like such an interesting experience for Mm -hmm. her yeah yeah, I think that that's... And then she's like, your funny songs were all of a sudden really sad to me. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> well, and isn't that like... Isn't that so true to like, to see your friends who have gone through something really hard and then like try to hang out with them and hear them make jokes that they used to make before they went through something tough. And it's just like, you have to reimagine the the character that is this person that you love. Mm-hmm. And, and it's uncomfortable because... Um, I feel like it's like you expect the ripples to come at a certain pace and they're not coming when you expect them to and they crash into you differently. And so I think that, you know, I've seen people, I've had like some recent, some friends of mine who have gone through some really recent um, relationship changes where they've lost friends not because they chose sides or anything like that, but just because um, they couldn't accept the personality shift that happened. And I think that that, that it's, it's tough. You, there is a, a, a moment of like, I am going to be different. I'm going to be changed by these experiences. And like, there's these strange unforeseen consequences that are just such a, such a shame. And it, it was such, such a shame to see like some people be like, yeah, after this breakup, I just didn't know how to be around this person. And just like, even though there wasn't like a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking very vaguely yeah. here as well, but it's it's still like I I, under, I understand that to just be like your your happy songs or your joyful songs now sound like they have this like dark element to them and say like yeah experience that yeah what does that mean now you know mm-hmm. yeah I like that I think that's tough but that's good it's weird it's weird to play those songs in the same set mm-hmm. Yeah, I recently played, um, like, a little solo show, um, and at that, I played, because I was playing by myself, and so I could play some songs I'm not playing with my band, um, I played songs that I used to play, uh, when, like, a few years ago, and a lot of them were songs about when I was dating my now wife, and we broke up, got back together, broke up, got back together, all Mm -hmm. of those, and a lot of those songs were about the hardships of our relationship. Mm -hmm. And so I played some of those songs, and it was such, like, 
a joyful thing for me to say, like, let me just have this experience again, where I wasn't letting myself play them because I was worried, oh, no, these might be hurtful. And so I was just like, nah, this is part of the story. Um, and, and talking with my, my friend Natalie, who's in the band, Joseph, she um, was on the podcast and she talked about very similar things because she just got married to her husband, who, like, a lot of their first album was about their breakup. And then just be like, and they're touring, and they're still playing those songs, yeah. and he's coming along with them, and then, like, the next album is mostly about, like, it's, like, a lot about their marriage and their new relationship and coming in to discover that. It's, mm. and I think, like, there's no reason to cast those aside or, no. like, to end those pieces. No, because they're a part of, like, you said, like, it's a part of your story, it's mm-hmm. a part of who you are, and then so much of performing for me is, like, it's just that connection with the audience, and so people can like still connect with those mm-hmm. with those songs and yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, do you? I think that this is like a big question that keeps coming up on the podcast, um, and maybe because I'm making it come up on the podcast because I care about it. But um, is that the the reason why you feel like you're playing a lot? Is because you want people to experience things, or is it more about what you're experiencing when you're playing? I don't know. That's such a good question. Um, I don't know. So I've always loved performing, mm. like in no matter what it was. Like I did a lot of theater in high school, oh, really? and like I just like I've always really liked to. That be makes on a lot stage. of sense. I can totally see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, I guess part of it, I hate to use the word selfish because I don't think that's a selfish Mm-mm. thing to do, but like it's self. Driven, or mm-hmm. I don't know. It's because I really just enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but a big part of that enjoyment of it is just like that energy with the audience. Totally. And I, I've done a lot of thinking about this too. Like, what is it about like doing singer songwriter stuff that I love so much? Mm-hmm. And like a lot of my songs are super honest, and maybe sometimes like in an uncomfortable way for mm-hmm. people. Um, and I'm a shy person and I'm not, I'm not an extrovert, um, at, by any means and just, but it's interesting to me that I just love getting up on stage and being Mm -hmm. like, like, this is who I am. I don't think I feel more myself than like when I'm doing that Mm. because I'm so authentically me in those moments. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I don't think that's selfish at all. I think I can totally relate to that idea of, um, like, uh, similar to acting. So being in theater, you you get to take on a character. And I mm-hmm. think that that's something that really connects with my personality is I am, like, the concept I choose to believe. Like, I, I think about who I am and, like, what is this character that is Andy Zook. And so mm-hmm. I become that character and live into those things and what it, what would deny or what would betray this character or what would be true to this character mm-hmm. um and I think that like being able to be on stage like just makes it feel like oh yeah this is all a play or this is all a character and this is the truest version of that character or a very true version of that character where I feel that I get to be um that I get to share that and let other people see that and be understood in a mm-hmm. better way yeah and I don't, I don't think it necessarily has to be, like, what are you saying? It's just simply the fact that I'm here and that, like, you're there and I'm 
saying truthful things. Yeah. 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 I love the honesty in your songs. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll say something pretty deep. It's not really that deep. Um, but I think <laughs> I think everyone like in life just wants to be known mm-hmm. and seen. Sure. And I guess that's like in those moments, that's how I feel. Mm. But I'm like creating that. I'm like getting up on the stage and I'm like, know me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I think that that's creating the universe you want to live in. I, I, I think that it's, it's few and far between the people that um, are being known and not willing it to be. There's just too many people on the planet. First mm-hmm. people to say, you, out there, person that's just walking down the street, I'm going to choose to know you. Like, no, you have to have an outlet. You have to have a way of showing people who you are. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a, a huge gift to have an artistic outlet where it's my way of expressing who I am right. is something that is readily engaged with in our culture. Mm-hmm. Like maybe the way that I express who I am is, and I'm totally blanking, sports. I don't know. That's like the first thing. I don't know sports. Like, I don't know sports at all. And like, I feel like that would be really inaccessible um, to me. But I guess for a lot of people, that'd be way more accessible. They're like, oh, I totally understand you by playing with you or Mm -hmm. by like, or doing something like that. yeah. Yeah. And it's similar. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's super deep. I think that's real. Yeah. I like it. So. That's cool. <laughs> do you do any other things like like acting still? No. Or is it, it's exclusively music? Yeah, it's exclusively music. One day I'd like to get back into like community theater or something. I think that'd be really fun. I would totally go to your play. It's so fun to be in a show. Have you ever been in a show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I did a lot in high school and middle school and yeah. stuff like that. And then as soon as I got into college, just like... Yeah. Clean break. Haven't done it since. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much same thing. Mm-hmm. Except for in college, I like had a really small part in the vagina monologues. I did that too. No and way. Then, yeah, I did the vagina monologues. We had um, uh, a few males that were allowed to be a part of it because we just asked, can we be a part of this? And they were like, it's kind of for women. And we were like, okay. And then they came back to us and they're like, actually, do you really want to? And we're like, yeah, this is important to us. And they're like, okay, you can be a part of it then. So I've literally told people I was a part of their vagina monologues and they've gotten mad at me and they've been like, that's not for you. That's for us. And I said, okay, sorry. But like, I loved it. It was such a beautiful experience to be a part yeah. of it. Yeah. I think that's really cool that you did that. Yeah, it was great. It was so fun. It was yeah. in 2010 maybe. Oh. Yeah. Which is when I was still in college. No one can hear that on the podcast. What's your age? What's my age? I'm 27. Okay. Yeah, like, eh. You're not that young. No, I'm not that young. I'm like, compared to some people, most people are dead. So I'm not that young. <laughs> <laughs> most people have been dead for like a super long time. That's true. Mm-hmm. Wow, I've never thought about it that way. That's. I'm, I'm totally still in like a Louis C.K. Super joke. depressing, okay. yeah. What I do want to do is that. I want, I've been talking with friends You want to do stand-up? I would love to do stand-up. That sounds I so fun to me. I see you doing it. It sounds terrifying. I don't know how to get started in that. Have you ever done anything like stand-up before? Uh, just in between my songs. Nice. You have great banter. But it's not really funny. I mean, it's not like bits, you know? No. Listen, <laughs> you've got great banter. It's totally bits. Did you not prepare your bits when you are like, up there? 
Prepare your not bits usually. is a weird phrase. I'm not going to say prepare your bits. That's also like give me the D. We're not going to say give me the D. We're not going to say prepare your bits. Uh, did you uh, rehearse those lines before you got it? Do you, do you like think like these are the jokes I'm going to make in between these songs? I'll totally Sometimes. do that. You do that? Sometimes. Totally not all the time. No. Some shows I just show up and I'm like, I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. Um... And I think sometimes if I try to plan it, I don't know. It's a mix. It's just like if, yeah. if when I was on tour, I I noticed more that I had like because I wasn't playing in front of the same people all the time. I was playing in front of new people every night. Mm-hmm. I would like repeat, you know, things that I found were successful. Totally. And I'm sure everyone does that. Yeah. If you are doing it over and over and over again, then you learn. Oh, if I say this right here, that really connects with the yeah. audience, or that didn't connect with the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I'm, have you, I've never gotten to, this is so strange and so silly because I've played music for a long time, played in a lot of different like places, but I've never toured. I've never like gone on tour and done the, I'm playing every night in a row. It's something yeah. that's like a huge, maybe that'll be my 2017 goal or something yeah. like that. But like, yeah, I think that that, that sounds so appealing to me it is mostly the, I want to just do the same thing over and over and over again. And by the end of it, be like, that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. Like, motherfucker that's how you yeah. do that bit like right yeah there. yeah it's a cool experience from mm-hmm. going from playing a show like once a month mm-hmm. or whatever a couple whatever it is you know mm-hmm. if you normally play around town mm-hmm. to playing like almost every night um it's totally and it like because each audience is new like your songs feel new again totally and you get people who um, in, in the times that I have done, like, okay, I'm playing, like, a couple of shows and, like, a couple of nights, mm-hmm. like, on, around here, mm-hmm. around town, I, I've experienced that where it's been, like, okay, this was great, I really, this group of people really connected with this, this people, this group of people didn't, here's how mm-hmm. I can make the audience better, yeah, yeah, I get that, um, I think one thing that's strange, though, is, like, when I have, like, worked with people who are touring, like, a big part of the people that I know they're doing are connecting with communities that they're, already involved in somehow and west coast tours are pretty typical with the people i know out here um because they've been out here for a long time did you do you find that that's hard when you're like oh i'm east coast based originally and now i'm on the west coast and i'm trying to play around here and i'm trying to find people's houses or whatnot to stay at or things like that is that like more difficult or has been like doing west coast touring more accessible um well i don't know because I've been playing music longer out here now than I was ever playing on the, oh, the East Coast. That makes sense. If I think about it. And <clears throat> I've only toured... I toured... The first tour I ever went on was down the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. It was hard to plan, I guess, but I did mostly house concerts. Yeah. And, yeah. I don't know. It worked out okay. Good. Yeah. yeah. Dude, singer-songwriter house concerts. Yeah. I, I really think that that's my favorite kind of concert to attend as an audience member. Yeah. Number one reason, you get to sit. Yeah. I am so tired of going to concerts where I have to stand. This mm-hmm. is why I like the Abbey. Mm-hmm. I love going to the Abbey. I get to sit the whole time. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank God. Mm-hmm. Like, when I invite people to come out to my shows and I'm like, it's going to be later. Like, so many of my friends are like, I'm going to get, my legs are going to be tired. 
I'm gonna be tired. I'm like, it's a bar. There's seating. Oh, okay, I'll go to the. I'll go to the show. I'll go if I can sit. I'll go if I can sit. <laughs> this is our age de- demographic these days. We're so lazy, and I'm totally part of it. Yeah. I want to sit at the concert. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so much more exciting. Mm-hmm. And also, like the house concert, just letting you say, I'm not just playing these songs and. There's going to be an hour of music, and then you'll have a break. It's like, no, this is a conversation back and yeah. forth. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty meaningful. I found, it's definitely my favorite way to play. Mm-hmm. That's great. Are you doing anything soon? Um, well, I'm hoping in the spring to go down the West Coast again. Cool. Yeah. Really? And hopefully it'll be easier this time because I have a lot more contacts, yeah. and hopefully people want to, like, re-host me mm-hmm. and... Um, I'm hoping it'll be longer than my last one down the West Coast. Mm. So we'll see. That's great. Yeah, um, we're playing on Wednesday, this Wednesday, with Josh Borden. And we played with him the last time that he was doing a West Coast tour. He's out of California. And just like... Where are you playing? We're playing at the Sunset. On Wednesday? Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. It's... Today's the 7th. Today's the 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th. It's the 9th. I should know what day my show is. Oh, that's the night of my friend's album release. That's I wish great. I could come. That's great. All the people listening to the podcast, all those future ghosts are going to come out. Yeah. So many. Cool. Cool. What's your friend's album release? Who's the releasing the album? Oh, Amanda Winterhalter. Cool. She's incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. If people aren't coming to my concert, they're definitely going to that. And yeah. both of these are excellent options. Tons of things that they can do <laughs> on the 9th. Yeah. These are good things. And you're playing at that. I'm singing. You're singing. Yeah, on hers, like singing harmonies. That's great. That kind of thing. If I wasn't in a band, I would not want to be a singer-songwriter. I would want to be somebody who did exclusively harmonies on somebody else's record. Like, that's that's my favorite thing to do. Like, today I was playing at the church, like I told you about. Yeah. And that is probably my favorite part about doing things like that, is I just get to do harmonies and, like, support somebody else. I just love supporting somebody else. Yeah. It's Ugh. so good. It's so good. <laughs> That's cool. Where is that show at? The Royal Room. The Royal Room. Mm-hmm. I've never been there. Uh, Columbia City. Columbia City. It's by Columbia City Theater, kind of. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's Have great. you been there? I've been to Columbia City Theater. I've never been to the Royal Room. Yeah. You can sit there <laughs> at the Royal Room. They have tables. What if I just didn't go to my own show? I just went to that instead. <laughs> You're like, I can sit. So. I can sit. I was going to have to play at the other one. So much work. This one, I get to sit. There's a light rail. I just go out. True. I come back. Oh, I do love the light rail. I voted for it uh, for ST3 for this year's election. Okay. Yeah. Have I you haven't voted yet? My, no, my ballot, I left it out. It's on the counter. That's great. I'm going to drop it off tomorrow. I literally, right before this podcast, helped a friend ad- give her advice on what she should oh and shouldn't God. vote for. Will you tell me also when we're done yes. recording? I'll break oh the ballot out. Gosh, I would love to give you my advice. I mean, of course, vote your conscience, vote your heart. I will. But also, you know, vote Democrat and vote the things I tell you to. <laughs> you seem trustworthy. Thanks. And I bet you're very persuasive, too. Like, you're really going to give some good arguments. There are two that I... There are only two on the ballot this year that I was like, I have no idea. Like, even... I have, like, the places that I like to look for, for Mm -hmm. endorsements and see what people are saying. Yeah. Get some different arguments on them. And even after all of that, I was just like, ugh, this was a tough election. It was really tough. Not presidential. That was easy. But the other stuff, that was tough. Yeah. Yeah. 
Good, you can explain me some stuff. Oh, hell yeah. I did some research. I Googled some stuff. Oh, my God. Got all kinds of Google on that I'll election. Just, whoever the stranger endorsed, I guess I'll vote for. Is that such a bad way to do no. it? No. Legitimately, I love the stranger endorsements. Yeah. I read it every year. And nine times out of ten, I'm voting very similar. This year, I think I was I voted set different from them on two things. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, I was on the same page with almost mm-hmm. everything that they said. All I know about on the ballot is obviously the presidential, presidential. and then like Pramila, because mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders supports her, so mm-hmm. yep. that's all I know that's going to be on my ballot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And SD3, for your light rail, that can go all the way down to Tacoma and all the way up to Everett in 25 years. But still, like, but let's still. get there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought a long time, uh, this is one of my favorite games that Heather and I play, which is the... In another life, I would, and we, we say this a lot, like, so we'll be around something or we'll think about something we're like, ooh, in another life, I would totally blank, blank, blank. Mm-hmm. In another life, I would totally be a politician. Like, that's, mm-hmm. like, I would have had to do a lot of things differently in my life, and I don't see myself heading down the path, and I don't really think I want to at this point in life, but in another life, I would totally have been a politician. I could see it. Yeah. I think it would have been good. I might have had, like, some uh, tabloid issues eventually. <laughs> Something bad, the power would go to my head, I'd make a mistake, so I'd get a little house of cards-y. But, like, by and large, I think I'd be pretty all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was swallowing, but... There I was a lot of tea. <laughs> There's a lot of tea in that one. I really... I think it that really gulps... I think that gulps getting on the podcast. Um, I agree. I think you'd be a great politician. Thank you. Would and you not vote for the, me? Well... I'd have to know what you stand for. Come on, just say yes or no. Yes, for Excellent. sure. Excellent, perfect. And you that's the kind of convincing. Debbie <laughs> huh. Miller. Yeah. She uh, supports Andy Zook. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> what else would you do in another life? In another life? Um, so there's that. Uh, I probably would have been... Okay, in another life, super another life, I would have uh, been a farmer who lives out in the middle of nowhere and like like uh probably and i've thought about this what it would be i think it would be like a dairy farmer Hmm. like i'm not somebody who likes blood and so i want to have animals that i'm working with because i'm never going to maintain a field that's not going to happen i have a brown thumb and i'm colorblind so i don't even know that it's a brown thumb brown thumb sounds like poop another thing that we're not (laughs) including brown thumb's not on there uh I'm just killing all the plants. So mm-hmm. it'd have to be animals. I'm terrible with blood. So it'd have to be what can I gain from the animals. And so I'd probably go dairy farmer. Do you like cheese? I love cheese. I can make cheese. There's this really cool guy. Oh, my wife is just telling me about him. I can't remember his name, but he's out on Vashon Island. He has like one dairy cow and he makes all of his ice cream from this one dairy cow. He's got an ice cream shop on Capitol Hill. And it's like super small batch, really good ice cream. I'm totally blanking on his name. I'm going I to have to. I want some. I, it's you so good. You gotta look this up and I've figure it out. Gotta look this up. I'll put it at the beginning of the podcast. Okay. This is the place that you should go get ice cream. I haven't even had it yet. I've just heard that it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. $8 per scoop? Yeah. I'll pay it. Oh. <laughs> I would love to. Okay, that's another thing. Another life would be a chef. Could see it too. Yep. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Are you... Like restaurant chef, food truck style? Um, I think, I think it would be, it'd probably be restaurant. 
I like having a place that's consistent. I like cleanliness. I like having, like, a spot to be in. Mm-hmm. So it'd probably be a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I can't... I remember remembering something that I wanted to ask you before when you were talking about music and then yeah. you were talking about naturopathy. Yeah. Uh, naturopathy? That doesn't seem right. What you could say that. Or I na- could... You could definitely say naturopathy or you can say naturopathic medicine. Oh. Working in naturopathic medicine. Yeah. And working in music. Um... Not in another life, but in this very life, except in the future, um, what does the balance of those things look like? Do you want it to go more to one of those directions? Do you do you want to be a full time musician? What do you What do you want? I don't know. Uh huh. Um, and I've been trying to figure this out for a long time, and I sure. even once went to an astrologer to get a career reading because. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, but I think, ideally. What I, I mean, if I could be a full-time musician, I'd basically, if, in order for me to do that, I'd have to be on tour all of the time. Yes. Fact. Fact, for sure. Unless, like, I get some crazy placement that gets me some crazy royalties mm-hmm. or something like that. It happens. Which does happen, it Totally happens. Sure. Um, but to be, like, a working musician, um, I don't know that I want that. But I do want to always be performing, and I'd like to be able to go on tour once or twice a year, mm-hmm. every year, totally. if I can. Yeah. And so if I can swing that while also like having a type of practice which I want to be centered around, like mind-body medicine mm. and biofeedback, mm. um, that would sort of be like my ideal setup. Yeah, I love in that. The future. I love that. I'm I'm totally on that same page. Um, in this idea, I've been talking to people a lot about, like, I see my music in a state right now where I love that it is a hobby. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't have, like, small hobbies. I have, like, I'm blood, sweat, tears hobbies. And so I want to be able to take that and share that and, like, get it out on the road. But I like consistency. And I also know my friends who are full-time musicians that are making not very much money. No matter how big of, like, a deal you are, like... You are struggling. You are putting everything into it, and you are not getting a ton back, and, like, you don't have stability. It is a hard, hard life. There's a reason people only do it for, like, five, six years at maximum. That's the, that's, like, the the longest most musicians last, like, full-time musicians. Mm. Just kind of how it goes, because it's a hard life. Yeah. Um, and so I love that, that kind of, I feel like that's the more modern um, perspective of what it is to be a musician, is someone who says... I write music, I play my music, every now and then I get my music out some hundred, few, maybe thousand miles away from my home, and I get to go out and experience this culture that I care about, but um, it's something that feeds me more than I feed it, or at least equally Mm -hmm. as I feed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Are you going to do it? Yeah. Great. It's, I can't imagine not doing it. Hell yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, it'd be fun to be a full-time musician for, like, a year. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be like, all right, that was cool. And then I, like, do the next thing. Yeah. Um, and I I would love, I have this, I mean, it's not really, like, a, I guess it's in the realm of possibility. So, like, I do mostly, like, house concert touring. Mm-hmm. But if I could get on, like, a tour, you know, venue touring where, like, if I'm, like, opening support for someone bigger and I mm-hmm. tour around with them, like, that would be... Pretty cool. Yeah. That'd be ideal. Yeah. I could totally see you doing that. I really love your music. Oh, thank 
You're welcome. I, I like, just, like legit. Go ahead and make this stuff happen. I just really love. Well, I think so much of of making this stuff happen is part of like just saying like, I want a team, and the first thing like in the the ways I've seen it work for people, few and far between, people just like get lucky. Yeah. Most of the time, it's okay. I have some capital to invest in this, and now I'm able to pay to get a team that mm-hmm. is going to support me in marketing and booking right. and all of those essential pieces. Right. And so, you know, like any business, if you want to start it, whether no matter how big or small it is, you have to invest something mm-hmm. financially into yep. it. Yeah. And, uh, but I think like if you do that or if you have somebody who's like, hey, I really am excited about this, like you can easily do that type mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Be rad. That would be so rad. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, you would do that and I would come watch that because I really <laughs> like your music and I Thank totally you. think like, um, I don't know, I think about like one of the biggest influences on me as far as like how, like the singer song, the idea of what a singer songwriter is and how they share um, bits of themselves as mm-hmm. they do it and they have intimate environments is, is Rocky Vadaletto also out of oh, Seattle. Yeah. Huge influence on me yeah. like in my early adolescence. Um and I just see a lot of that in a completely different way in what you're doing. But I see a lot of those elements that are just really true for me mm-hmm. in how you're um, bearing these uh, really vulnerable elements and how you are just playing with such excellence. I just think you're a really good guitar player and a really good songwriter. Thank you. You're welcome. I wish people could see like how I'm close, like high in my It's like a small bird I'm talking to now. <laughs> Did you, because did you start on guitar? Did you start on piano? Because I know. Okay, because that's the first video I saw you on, was you playing piano. Mm -hmm. How long have you been playing guitar? Since college. That's crazy. But I'm like 34 now, so college was a while ago. College was a bit ago. You've had a guitar for a little while. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Um, Piano since I was seven. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Do you ever do that now? Are you still playing piano? Because since... Like the last bit, when I've seen you play, I've seen you play guitar. You do play piano. I do, yeah. I don't like to play the piano, Connor Byrne, because it's like missing notes. It's the worst piano. It's terrible. Get a better piano, dear Connor Byrne. I know. I always tell like, dear mid, like, dude, like, just, there's so many people giving away pianos on Craigslist. Just, just get one of those. So many people. So many people. So many pianos. I know you got to pay to have it moved and blah, blah, blah. But like, that piano is so bad. We should start like a Kickstarter. (laughs) A Kickstarter to get a new piano into the car. Just like a run of the mill upright, stick it there. Yeah, it can be out of tune. Usually, I don't even care. At least all the notes will work. That's all you need. That's all you need. It'll be better. I don't think you can get worse than that piano. No, it's the worst piece of garbage. Yeah. It's not good. You did. You played piano the last time I, I, I saw did. you. And, and then the I was first like, thing you as did... it was happening, I was like, this is a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> as I was playing, I was like, God, this needs to, I like, I cannot wait for this song to be over. Oh, that's the worst. What do you do? What you did you do? You keep going. You have yeah. to keep going. <sighs> that's so intense. I was playing um, recently and I was playing this song that I hadn't played in a while and I like practiced it. And I was like, great, I'm ready to go. And I got on stage, I started playing it, and I was playing by myself, and I got to my chorus, and I straight up was just like, it was nothing. I was digging around in all my imaginary pockets, I was checking every (laughs) zipper of the backpack of my mind, my chorus did not bring it, I I could not find it, 
And so I just kind of held that, that cord for a little bit. And I was like, it's okay. You're by yourself. Make something up. And I just made something up. And I was like, sure, that'll be the chorus for this now. And then I just repeated it kind of two more times later on in the song. And then that was fine. And then later I went to practice it again. I was like, okay, that's how the chorus goes. I've, I've never had that happen. But like, that's one of the things I love about playing by yourself is yeah. you can fuck up and be like, this is not a mistake. This is just different. Yeah. It's just different. Then sweat's happening right now. Yeah. yeah. So much sweat. <laughs> so much body sweat. Like, oh my God. It was crazy. I'm a sweaty guy when I play. That was just like, this is song number two and it's just whoosh. Yeah. Gushers. <laughs> it was awful. Oh man. Oh. That's pretty impressive that you were able to make something up on the spot. Music therapy. All improv. Used to that a little bit. So that's good. I got that. I, I got one. I not have those skills. Thank you. That's one thing I can do. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Teach me. Session. We're going to have an improv session. Although I'm much more familiar on the piano when it comes to improv stuff. Mm-hmm. That's way easier for me. Yeah. Can't play written music at all, but yeah. 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 I'm the opposite. Hmm. Teach me. There you <laughs> Yeah, you just follow the notes. Cool. So after this podcast, we are learning piano in different ways. Mm-hmm. I'm helping you vote. Yeah. What was the other thing? Um, you're you're teaching ice. me about what vitamins I'm supposed to vitamins take. Vitamins that you need to take. Yeah. And also, um, we're going to find out about that Capitol Hill ice cream place. That's true. We're going to put it at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. This was a great conversation. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Do you feel good? I feel really good. Cool. I probably won't listen to it because I don't like <laughs> the sound of my voice. <laughs> you don't? No. You have a great speaking voice. What is so nasal? That, you're Jewish. What do you want? <laughs> This exactly. is your culture. Exactly. Embrace your culture. Don't I be just, afraid of it. Other people can listen to it and enjoy it. I'm All just, right, fine. I'll... You don't have to listen. Other people can comment in. Yeah. Let's be generous. Great. Cheers. Cheers. That was a high five.